Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, this morning we are going to be talking about cybersecurity, but in a very fun way. I happen to have found these comics online, and I wanted to make sure that I could get Gary, who is Gary Berman, who happens to be the one who developed these comic books, to come on the show and tell about cybersecurity and about these wonderful ways to learn about cybersecurity. So let me tell you a little bit about Gary, who's coming to us from South Florida. Gary Berman is the CEO of Cyberman Security, and he refers to himself as the most reluctant cybersecurity person in the world. Given that his 25-year career has been as a thought leader in marketing communications in general and in market segmentation in particular, until recently, he knew very little about technology and even less about cybersecurity, but everything about the devastating effects of being the CEO of a company that was victimized by a persistent series of insider attacks has led him to be an expert in this area. And so let me tell you a little bit. You can find out more about him at our website at privacypiracy.org, but also at his website at cybermansecurity.org. So thank you so much for joining us, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah. So first of all, tell us your story about how in the world you got into this. Well, uh, it started a long time ago when uh, my wife and I were very fortunate to have uh, started from scratch a marketing communications company. Everything was going incredibly well for about 10 years. Then uh, we were extremely fortunate to be able to sell about half the company to a large global uh, consortium. And uh, then things really just took off and uh, we couldn't believe how successful things were going. And then it happened. (laughs) I happened to be playing basketball in a a Jewish basketball league, which is somewhat of an oxymoron, but that's for a different conversation. (laughs) Um, I, Broke my leg, no big deal, but then I developed some serious complications from that and almost died. During that time, um, I was physically out of my company for about eight months. And I noticed that our sales were starting to decline, which made sense because I was the big rainmaker for, you know, my company. And then they took a precipitous drop. Mm. One day, I got a phone call. Uh, from our joint venture partner, and um, she was literally screaming at me, what the blink is going on with your company? Uh. I was shocked. We, we had had this great relationship and never spoken to me that way, and they said, what are you talking about? She went on to say that well, one of my employees 
uh, called her and said that there was rampant fraud within our data collection facility and that I was under investigation by the FBI and to not communicate with me any further. <sighs> and I said, what? Yeah. And so I said, I'll get back to you by the close of business today. I called an all-hands meeting with my senior trusted executives, or so I thought trusted executives, mm. and they all act surprised. So I said, let's uh, 24-7 on this. We completely re-audited all of our work, got confirmation actually that everything was fine. I refunded hundreds of thousands of dollars to some big clients just to keep my reputation intact, uh. even though there was no reason to do that legally or ethically. I was just the way I was. Uh. And uh, then it got even worse. Hmm. Um, it turns out, kind of like layers of an onion, right. started peeling back little bits at a time. And it's important to keep in mind that this was uh, many years ago. So uh, hacking and cybersecurity was not part of the global zeitgeist like it is now. Right. And it's not something people thought about at the time, and especially me from uh, trusted you know, uh, insiders or employees. Right. Well, time goes by, and um, I ended up losing several million dollars. Mm. Um, I had to lay off about 100 people, so it wasn't just me. Uh, it was everyone else, really, that I was most concerned uh, about. And turns out what happened um, is they essentially cloned my company without me knowing it right under my nose. And so every morning they would have what I came to refer to as parking lot summits. So my the executives uh, met in the parking lot, went over their own production using our, our intellectual property. Uh, they spoofed or, or replicated our website. Uh, they redirected our telephone calls to their phone number. So anytime someone would try to call us, it would go directly to them. Um, and they ended up calling a number of my clients with the same uh, false whistle-blowing claim, um, told our landlord that we were going out of business and on and on and on. So what, um, so I don't, this was like your whole team was doing this together like a, like a conspiracy or was it just well, a few? It was a few. Okay. Um, and led, led in part by my right-hand person and also an incredibly sophisticated technology consultant that we had hired. And um, he had worked for us for many years prior to this event happening. Um, and, um, you know, the law enforcement referred to it as uh, corporate espionage. I, I don't really like using words like that because it sounds so emotionally charged. Um, I just think that they were opportunistic and saw that I was out and decided to profit from it. Um, then it got uh, quiet for a period of maybe 10 years. I had to close the business down, but I did pay back every penny that I owed to creditors rather than taking the easier route, which uh, was incredibly devastating you know, to my family and I, but I, I just wanted to do the right thing, I guess. Um, and so about 10 years go by and don't hear too much you know, about anything. I completely have no contact with any of them. So two years ago, 
um, in an effort to just take care of my family, I decide to get back into the niche that I was very well known for. And in a very short period of time, uh, I was invited to be the master of ceremonies at an industry event. It went great. All these big clients you know, came up to me uh, and said, where have you been? We'd love to work with you. And I, I just you know, was so uh, blessed by that response. Um, that night, I came home and told my, my wife, I said, wow, it was great. You know, I, I, I think we're going to be able to rebuild the business. And then it happened again. Wow. After, te- after 10 years of no communications, that same night, I happened to notice that three of them checked my LinkedIn profile. After 10 years of no communications or no interactions really at all. And then it happened the next morning. My LinkedIn account was was hacked. Uh, my emails were spoofed. My te- telephone stopped working. Um, there were uh, 36 other cars and vehicles connected to my OnStar in my vehicle. Oh, my God. And there were actually 19 attack vectors that were subsequently documented. I knew no one would believe me. It's an impossible story. Right. I didn't, I, I didn't believe it myself, which right. turned out to be a problem. I should have been more skeptical. Um, and uh, so that's, that's the bad stuff. Um, my big pivot, uh, my big pivot came, um, after going to law enforcement many, many times who were all terrific, but when it comes to this level of sophistication and I'm just a, you know, little guy, a small company now working out of my home, um, they just didn't, uh, we weren't able to attribute to, to the hacker. This is a known hacker to me. We, I know who he is. Uh, but that's different than having an evidentiary trail that's defensible. Um, and so kind of unable to receive justice because I, I couldn't convince, you know, the attorney, the state's attorney's office to file a claim. I, I decided to pivot and, and uh, you'll appreciate this, Mari, from, from your amazing background. I, I thought to myself, well, if justice is blind, Maybe a little sunlight will help. Mm. And so that's two years ago. I began to dive into cybersecurity. And my big aha moment came when I got a book called Cybersecurity for Dummies. Thinking, <laughs> okay, you know, that's, that's, right. that's, my that's, na- that's my name on it. Perfect. Right. All so of us. <laughs> I, I read, and I, this is incredible. I read 10 pages and I was lost. So... Um, just to double check, I, I had my better half, uh, Valerie, who's the smart one of our family, uh, take a look at it and she was lost too. So I was able to get in touch with the, uh, chief technology officer of Palo Alto networks, who is, uh, one of the authors of this book. And I, and I told him that I was lost and he, he just started laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? He says, well, it's not really for beginners. And then I went, well, then why do you call it cybersecurity <laughs> for dummies? Right. And that's when my aha moment came. I said, right. wait a minute. There has to be a better way to communicate complex technology and cybersecurity information into a digestible format that people will understand and, and engage in and will be entertaining and therefore more effective. And that's how the Cyber Hero Adventures 
Defenders of the Digital Universe was born. I love it. I love it. I got some questions for you, though. You just intrigued me with your story. And I I know what that's like, because back in 1996, when, when a woman stole my identity, you know, and I went to the law enforcement, they said, there's no law making this a crime. It's only a crime against the credit bureaus. And I couldn't get the DA to do anything. And then everybody said, you're an attorney, you should be able to deal with this. And it was so crazy that, um, you know, but... But yeah, that's what happens. I mean, you you were chosen to be someone to help other people understand. But I have a question here. Okay, so the people who worked for you, who obviously did this dirty thing, um, did they open, they diverted all your business to their business, to a new business? How did they, how did they actually make money? Well, exactly what you said. They opened a identical company with a different name. And so they were offering the same services that we were known for. And uh, they basically just uh, funneled all of our current clients at the time mm. and, and new potential clients, prospective clients, uh, to their company. And they sold the same services. And they even used our presentation, oh uh, just, just changed the name and, and many other you know, small tactics. Again, um, having no idea. But I do want to amplify but wait a minute. one So, so when, yeah. when that happened, I'm, I'm still curious here. So yeah. when that happened, when did you find out about this new company? When did you learn of that? Soon after or was it a lot later? Um, about six months. And, and law enforcement wouldn't do anything about it at that time? Or did you talk to an attorney about going in and doing that for them, stealing you know, like you said, corporate corporate espionage. Did you were you able to convince anybody at that time once you had that information? Yes. Um, so the first thing I want to say is I'm a huge fan of law enforcement. The people that I've been fortunate to meet these last couple of years um, have opened my eyes to, to this idea that the only time people hear about hacking or cybersecurity is when the bad people win. Right. But but this comic is dedicated to all the unsung heroes who toil in anonymity day and night to keep us all safe online and uh, at work and at home and at school. So I'm a giant fan of law enforcement and what they've done. And I think they really do a good job considering the nemesis. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm with you 100 percent. In fact, I have been a sheriff reserve in Orange County. Uh, Sheriff Department since 2000 because of my work with fraud and that they invited me in to become a, an Orange County Sheriff Reserve. And so I even do Orange County Sheriff news and safety tips. So I know the challenge is how do you keep up with this technology and all these bad guys? That's the big challenge. Yeah, we're not we're not downgrading law enforcement whatsoever. But sometimes they they really don't have the resources, Right. Well, in my case, to, to complete um, the answer to your question, yeah. so we, we did, you know, uh, get a very powerful attorney. Um, and we had some evidence. You have to keep in mind. I mean, it's not like digital forensics is something people knew about. You know, I mean, right, right. Uh, uh, it was just a different time. Um, right. But like, we, we had a copy of the, of, of, of the presentation, for example, they used to pitch. And it was ours, and, we, and their logo was on it. So we had enough that we, we met with that or one of them and their attorney, they agreed to cease and desist. Uh, 
And there was something else, you know, as part of this. I was embarrassed. How about your and damages, it, though? I mean, oh, my God, millions of dollars well, worth of damages. Well, it's uncalculable, I guess. Um, but, but, but what I can tell you is, is that uh, I, I believe, I think naively, perhaps, that whatever you do in life comes back to you. Yeah, and, karma. And, um, and uh, well, plus there's, there's another really big thing here. I mean, I was, first of all, I was ignorant. Then I started learning. And then I became embarrassed and shame that this happened under my watch. You know, and, and one of the things about, about, uh, about uh, the victims in cybercrime is, you know, you have all these great conferences all over the world, you know, with amazing experts from from uh, cybersecurity companies, from academia, from law enforcement, from the military, um, you know, always these great speakers, but one voice that is seldom heard from is that of the victim right. due to re- reputational risk, um, negative impact on employees, and who's going to want to do business with me if they know I've been compromised? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I was silent, and I, I, it was, I mean, I can't say it's a mistake because here I am talking with you, and I feel really lucky that I've been able to turn something bad into something good. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, okay. So the other part of it is, is then when you started your business again and your LinkedIn uh, stuff was hacked, was it the same people who did this to you? This is an open legal matter for me right oh, now. Okay. So okay. What, okay. What, no, but, but I can answer you this. I can tell you this. There's no one else that would have it a motivation, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I seem like a pretty nice guy, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering, did anybody actually get caught, and was anybody prosecuted, or you know, or did you? Uh, this this is an open matter still. Oh, how about the other one? Did you? Did, did well, any... no, it's the same. It's, oh, it's the same. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wondered in the first case when you went to law enforcement was and 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 you had your lawsuit. Did that lawsuit set? You said one of the attorneys, um, one of the people you settled with the attorney, right? I, I didn't go to litigation. We yeah, got you a settled. And but no settlement, no damages. No, was, wow. No, wow. No. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's crazy time. It really is a crazy time. But you know what? You've you've taken lemons and you're turning it into lemonade to help other people. And you know, I get that. I get that. And I, I did the same thing. I ended up writing the you know identity theft survival kit, <laughs> safeguard your identity, doing a PBS television special on how to protect yourself. So you know, I mean, that's what happens. They you know. God chooses us to say, okay, you take it from here. <laughs> you well, help other I, people. Uh, that's kind of how I believe in it. And that's well, what happened you are, to you. You're like, the way you're describing it, you're a role model. I'm, I'm kind of on your path. I, uh, someone asked me the other day if I, um, if I felt, um, um, what's the right word? Uh, closure, I guess. And I thought about it. I said, it's an interesting question because um, – Last month, uh, I was uh, very honored to be an invited guest at uh, the Gartner uh, Security and Risk Management right. Conference in Washington. Right. And it's the first time I've spoken in public about this story. And not just speaking in public, I showed evidence. Right. Because I have countless photographs and videos that a layperson can understand. 
some of which are depicted in the comic as part of my story. Um, and after uh, I was done, um, I was just amazed and humbled that so many people came up and a line formed wanting me to autograph a comic, and I could not believe it. <laughs> and um, I got my ratings uh, recently from them. Again, not to toot my own horn, but just, you know, I was rated one of the highest speakers of the conference. And coming from this level of sophistication, because these are CISOs and right. leaders in cybersecurity and law right. enforcement, and right. not not only did not one person question the veracity of my evidence oh, that I showed, not, not one, of course but not. A, a bunch of them came up and said, how did this happen? What is this? I've never seen this before. So lucky me, I had this kind of dark web, web hacker before there was a name for him. Yeah, yeah. You know... Um, I belong to the International Association of Privacy Professionals, and we have our annual conference in D.C. with thousands of people from all over the world that come. And we have speakers that come in to talk about things like this, you know, um, because it's, it is so important for us to hear these kinds of stories to understand what people went through, you know. Well, I, I mean, there are two things about that. Uh, number one is... What I what I am is I, I have the ability to humanize the right. statistics. Right. And then the second thing is, it's a happy story. You know, one of the things that I've learned is that the way the cybersecurity ecosystem operates is, you know, understandably based on fear. That's not my approach. Right. My 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 approach is to empower by informing people in a way that is practical and easy to use and entertaining and fun. I, I leave people in my audiences. I leave them laughing. I've had some people cry, uh, but they're always engaged. And so I would be honored if you wanted to, you know, uh, think about having me come speak to your group or any of your listeners, yeah. um, especially in the educational ecosystem. I'm donating all these comics, the digital version for free to all education institutions globally. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and I think it's important, like you said, to, to humanize this. I know I did a lot of speaking when this all happened to me to help other people because people just don't understand it. You know, they don't understand that what can really happen. They hear about the big target or the Equifax or whatever, but they don't hear about the little guys getting totally destroyed, a whole business being destroyed by this. You know? Well, 60, uh, about 60% of small businesses that suffer a, uh, an attack are out of business in six months. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's and even, even big enterprises. I mean, like you mentioned Target, but it's, it's not particularly well known that the way the hacker got into Target was through an air conditioning controller, a thermostat. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Las Vegas, uh, a casino was hacked through a fish tank. Yeah. I mean, come on. yeah. And, and, you know, there's all this social, um, no, this, um, you know, how people can use the social engineering. I had Kevin Mitnick on my show. He's written two books because he was a yeah. hacker. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> he, terrific. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've had him on my show a couple times. He wrote The Art of Deception and The Art of Intrusion. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, and what's really, I think, so hurtful is when you have your right hand people who deceive you or who take advantage and the dirty insider is about the most disgusting and despicable of all really 
because then it's not, you know, it's, um, it's personal. You know what I mean? It like, they don't care. They're, they're, they're really despicable people that have no conscience when it's somebody that you don't know. <laughs> it's bad enough, but they don't know you. They don't think anything of it. Like the person who stole my identity, she didn't know me. Right. Mm-hmm. She just yep. found my name and thought, oh, well, she, you know, she's a successful attorney, so I can go after her. And she kept saying, so what does she care? It, you know, it isn't her money. So that's the way she thought. But when it's someone that takes and, and destroys a business that's, and they know you, that is really the lowest of the low. So my heart goes out to you for that. It's it's horrible. But let but the happy news is that you turned lemons into lemonade and you're doing wonder this is your ticket to heaven. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Gary, this is your ticket. I mean this you don't have to come back again <laughs> to get it right. <laughs> well, from uh, from your mouth to God's ears, you know, and, and one of my favorite quotes uh, that I think about often and I, I think you and this discussion is, is one of them was from Albert Einstein. And uh, a reporter once asked him uh, how he reconciled physics and science with the potential existence of a higher authority or God. And he famously said, coincidence is God's way of reigning anonymous. So yeah. uh, being on your show, which I'm so grateful for, is yet mm-hmm. another in a series of Einstein moments that are <laughs> happening a lot for me now, which tells me, you know, keep going. You're on the right path, that's for sure. And Thank you. and like you were saying before, you know, what goes around comes around. There is karma for people, and um, it may not be you who gets them, but they will get it one way or another. But we only have like a, another couple minutes, so I want to make sure that we tell people your website and how they can get a copy of the comic book and just just tell a little bit about it. And I know you have other comics coming up too, so just give us a quick overview. Sure. Um, well, the website for the comics is uh, cyberheroescomics.com. Uh, so it's plural, cyberheroescomics.com, and they're free. Um, uh, the digital version is free. Uh, my business model, such as it were, is if I'm fortunate to get a corporate sponsor, that would be great. So um, in my effort to do that, uh, future editions of the comics um, are going to focus on uh, uh, very different sectors of the economy uh, that are the most vulnerable to be hacked, such as banking, financial services, um, healthcare. Uh, connected automobiles, telecommunications, technology, retail, things like that. So we're going to create real-life stories. We're, we're getting real-life stories from the cybersecurity ecosystem. And I actually draw in real cybersecurity experts into the comics and make them superheroes. Yes. Um, and, um, and so if we're fortunate, then when we do a special report, on one of these sectors of the economy, maybe like in automotive, uh, let's say, you know, uh, sponsored by Ford, General Motors, or so forth. Or if um, if you go to, uh, and this is just a wish for me, but um, let's say you go to a Best Buy and buy, you know, some type of connected device, uh, they give you a printed copy of the comic, you know, sponsored by Best Buy, 
or digital copy and things like that. Yeah, and that's perfect. I remember I did um, a book called Privacy Piracy for Office Depot, and when you bought a shredder, you got a copy of my book. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that happened many years ago with me, which was really nice. So that's something that you may want to, you know, consider. Well, well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 you, <laughs> well, you, we're you almost, just... wait. Well, wait, we're out of time, though, so we'll have to talk offline. But... No, but you have to connect me to Office Depot. Okay, okay. So anyway, we will talk <laughs> offline, and I just want you to give your uh, website once more, and then it's time to go. Yes, cyberheroescomics.com. And then you also have cybermansecurity.org. So, yeah, that, that's our corporate. Uh, yeah. So Gary Berman, you're wonderful. You're doing great work. I'm sorry you experienced what you did, but you're really taking that by the horn and you're turning your victimization into being a victor. So thank you so much, and we will keep in touch, okay? Thanks for having me, Mari. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.